Hello everybody and welcome to Views from the 573. Hope you all are doing well as uh, it is NBA Finals time. That's right, we're at this point in the season. Celtics-Warriors is the matchup tipping off on Thursday night. And I couldn't help but have my guy Charles Jones to talk to me, talk with me about this matchup and kind of analyze it, do a deep dive on it. So without further ado, Charles... It's been a while, man, but uh, how you doing? I'm doing great right now. Doing real great. Ready for this Ready for this finals matchup. I, I'm ready for this one, too. You know, I said to my dad that this, even though that both teams are two of the top teams in defense, it seems like a classic offense versus defense type of matchup. And those are... Some some of the more intriguing matchups kind of dissect because you got the one with the high powered offense, you got the one with the high powered defense, and see which gives way. Uh, I think we are going to be in for a good one uh, starting on Thursday. Definitely, um, definitely in for a good series. So I guess without further ado, let's get right on into it and. You know, let's talk about Golden State a little bit. Talk about their path, how they got here, of course. Beating da- beating Dallas in the Western Conference Finals 4-1. to Topping Memphis 4-2 to in the West Semis. And then the first round topping Denver 4-1. to But uh, it's been an interesting road for the Warriors here, Charles, because I'm getting the sentiment. I think a lot of people have been getting the sentiment that a lot of, a lot of people did not think the Warriors would be here at this point in June. And there's a lot of people that wondered, I think, would the Warriors have another type of championship type run in them, considering the things that have happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, they uh what, what can we what can we say though, uh Rhino? They they are the Warriors. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. I just feel like you keep that court again. You build around them, you'll be in championship contention, and you know until until they they're basically retired out the league. So, yeah, it, they built around them really well. Jordan Poole, who's been kind of a revelation this year, and stepped up when Steph went out big time. He's he's, yeah, he's been big time. I uh, mean, Andrew Wiggins has had a, a career year for himself. Andrew Wiggins has been, you know, balling. But I think the consensus was he, he was like an X-factor in, in most of the series. You know, besides him, Clay Thompson, those were some of the biggest X-factors throughout, you know, their playoff run. Yeah, Poole, if you, like, if we remember, like, he was in the G League at one point last season, and... He stepped his game up. He got a lot of valuable experience, and he's really improved his game. And Wiggins, you know, Wiggins is somebody that, you know, if you look at his career, former number one overall pick, a lot of high expectations. And I think the fit that he – the role that he has now in Golden State is perfect for him. Not a guy that has to worry about taking the most shots on the team and be a number one option. He can just sit back, relax, and play his role. And he's doing awesome yeah. at it. Yeah, that's... He's, he's excelling at it. Because uh, 
a, a general consensus was like, uh, where was all this at in Minnesota? Yeah. You know, the guys get a chance to flourish whenever in a great organization, great systems. And, and he's been flourishing. Like, I've been enjoying watching Wiggins play with Golden State. Yeah, and you know, there's somebody else that's been stepping up for him as of late, and that's Kevon Looney. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Looney been big time, big time. I mean, Looney has been in the organization for a few years now, and he was around for a title run or two a few years ago, but it feels like this time he's having a big time impact on the games where he's rebounding at a high level. He's hitting the boards. Like, yeah. Like he's turned into a big piece for them. He has. And some people are asking like, do they even need, you know, James Wiseman? (laughs) They could definitely use a top two lottery pick. Especially a big man, because Golden State weakness, you know, throughout their title runs have legit, legitimately always been big man. Besides the years when they had Bogut and you know uh, Javale McGee, then they kind of downsized to like Zaza Pachulia, and now they drafted the big, but he's hurt, you know, and yeah. Wiseman once again. So Looney is basically their basically their center at like six nine, so they're still basically playing small ball. But, there's yeah, that's the best way to put it. I mean, if you look at the teams that they've gone to, I guess take a look at my Grizzlies where they were a top rebounding team pretty much all regular season. And you had Golden State out-rebound them besides one game. Um, And a lot of that was... They weren't even, you know, Grizzlies weren't playing Adams. Right. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't understand that. I know you missed like the, maybe the first two games. You know, was it due to COVID or were they just sending them? Yeah, it was due to COVID. Yeah, but see, they were. Then he set out a couple more games. He came back, and you know, they they out rebounded Golden State, but I don't think it was like like a monster number. Yeah, and a lot of it was because of Looney. Uh, yeah, Looney just man, like you said, phenomenal, phenomenal. I, I think it, it goes back to the Wiggins part is knowing your role and he knows his role and that is to be that type of guy that goes and cleans up the boards on offense and defense and be a guy that sets picks for Steph and Clay. And, yeah, but you know what? Not even just that. Looney, Looney been playing great defense too. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about guard guards, whatever you need them to, like moving his feet well, guarding guards. Uh, yeah, guarding guards and mobile forwards like Looney 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 been a great defender great defender yeah and you know Wiggins I you know Charles doing research I found out that Looney and Wiggins I think have been the two best offensive rebounders in the postseason I uh, can believe that Wiggins matter of fact now that you said that I, I definitely believe that because Wiggins 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 uh we could be having some, like, crucial offensive rebounds against, you know, doing Memphis, Dallas, yep. even against Denver. Yeah, so, you know what, I, I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, you, you know, we talk about how small they are, and even though Looney is 6'9", it's still a small ball lineup. But here they are out-rebounding these teams that are supposed to be bigger than them, that are supposed to be better rebounders than them. So... 
that could be that's a matchup to watch out for is the rebounding battle. See if Clay, see if Kevon, and see if Wiggins can get can hit the boards and get to rebounding. Because I I think besides the three we know that are going to have big time that are impact players for him, Poole's going to be a big time play for him. Is going to impact this series. Wiggins, Looney, and you know. It's been Steve Kerr, depending on how Steve Kerr goes into the bench. I do believe that Otto Porter and Gary Payne will be back for the series. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, um, they'll also still have Kuminga, Moses Moody coming off the bench. David Lee. I think Golden State just, like, like they're, they're like, a, to me, this version of Golden State or this iteration of them now. They're like a more, a even more souped up version of the strength and number going stay wars before, you know, before the KD era. Yeah. Where they would go deep into their benches and everything. And they get, to me, this team has way more shooting than the 2015 team. Yeah. And it, way more athletic than the 2015 team. Because, you know, in 2015, it was, besides their, their big three, it was Harrison Barnes. You still, Iguodala's still with the Warriors. <laughs> you know, he's hurt. But, oh, well, I think Iggy might even be back for this series. Yeah. So, but back to the athletic portion of it, they only had, like, Iggy. Harrison Barnes wasn't really uber-athletic. You could probably say Barbosa. They had oh, man. Mates, you know, during the 2015-16 run there. Yeah. Just silly, who was about 6'9", 6'10", a mobile big, but... Other than that, it wasn't much athleticism going around. You could possibly throw Clay in there, too, you know, before pre-injuries. But now, like, with all the guys we named from, like, this year, Poole is athletic. We know mm-hmm. Wick was super athletic. Yeah. Minga, athletic monster. You know, they call him Baby Giannis. That's what he was quoted as, you know, Man. coming out of college. Mm-hmm. But his game is like Giannis. He's 6'9", he's 6'8", six, six, or 6'9". Then Gary Payne is super athletic. You've seen some of the posters he's, he's had in the playoffs. <laughs> One of them was on your guy Desmond Payne. Oh. <laughs> had no reason jumping. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, Moses Moody pretty athletic. Uh, I think I think someone that we don't get credit for on this athleticism is Draymond. Draymond is actually way more athletic than people give him credit for. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, it's something that's been that's overlooked for sure with Draymond because Draymond does a lot of big big time things on the court for him. That's a thing that's overlooked for for him yeah. and what he brings. Uh, but yeah, Steve Kerr. I mean, he's gonna have a tough time figuring out his rotations because you got Looney who's playing really good right now, and you got Porter possibly coming back. Iguodala maybe coming back and Gary Payton coming back. It's uh, a Steve, I don't envy Steve Kerr. He's going to have some big time decisions on what yeah, lineups he's going to uh, throw out. You no, know, Steph Curry said it. He said it best. He said it's, it's a blessing and a curse. But he was like, it's like who won't want that though? Where you, it's hard for you to even know what lineups you put out because you got so much talent and just great glue guys, role players to just fit your system to a team is perfect. Yeah, like a like a match made in heaven. Like you can't get any better than what they have. The only thing I think you put on Golden State is they don't they don't have a big. You can say the rebounding, but yet they're out rebounding teams in the playoffs. You know, like like what what can you really critique Golden State on besides them having you know just bad turnovers? 
Yeah. That's, that's been like Golden State thing. If that's in, that's the one thing. Just terrible turnovers. Lack lack of days to go play. But you kind of get that way when you win in multiple championships with the same core. And you know, like you guys just play like that. Where we know we've seen y'all literally turn on the switch, right? Then blow it out the whole game and just turn on the switch like the last quarter or the last few minutes. Come back, take the lead, blow teams out. They they proven it time and time again. So it's not up for debate. Which is why they're so highly you know favored or favorited against the Celtics. Yeah, the turnovers thing is probably the one thing you can't have against them. Um, if you if you look at their averages this postseason um, and their losses, it's been very noticeable. With yeah. yeah. Um, like there there's a couple games going back to the Memphis series where they just yeah. the fifty five point blowout. If you was watching the game, <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, gonna, I was not expecting them to you know go down by at least fifty something. Like <laughs> one of their worst losses in the playoffs by far, but. <laughs> Watching all the game, that first that first half was they was like eighteen turnovers. Yeah, it, it, something it, like that. I was like, I was like, like the turnovers weren't like warranted. They were like unwarranted, just like terrible turnovers, bad passes, throwaway. Just it was just like, dude, what what are y'all doing? This is supposed to be a closeout game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that... and and that's kind of you know when we look at the series. Uh, that's how serious throughout the playoffs, you know, like, I don't understand how teams can, you know, blow a team out that one game, then come out the next game, especially if they got a chance to close them out and just, you know, blow it, come out lackadaisical, come out not focused, just, and then they end up losing again, blown out, which is why Miami and, and Boston, you just really don't know who could have, you know, was going to win out this series. Yeah. But I was like, Miami, y'all just played your horse out to beat them. I, they they Yeah, that that's a good point. You know, you prolong a series long enough, and you don't come out one hundred percent into a game and give it your all. Something like that can happen. You don't know what's going to happen in the game at any given point. You know, for all we know, you know, Warriors fans are not going to like this, but you know, let's just say one of Steph, Clay, or Draymond gets nicked up and you know won those yeah. games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
that you clearly should have won. Like with the way Memphis, you know, when they was playing Memphis, I felt that Golden State should have ended that series in five instead of six. Even though, you know, Memphis is proving all through the, you know, through the season that they were better defensively without John Morant, a way better defensive team without him on the floor. Yeah. Like the numbers were just overall better because more people get to share. And Draymond said it best. He was like, people forget when you're playing a totally different team. They were prepping for Memphis with John Morant. Mm-hmm. They were a totally different animal, you know, without John. Get the ball, share more guys, get to touch the ball, get more shots. And a defense is just point blank period way better without John on the floor, which is astonishing. But 20 and, where were they, 20 and 5 without John Morant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I still feel like Golden State, if they would just play with a sense of urgency and not all the bad turnovers, they, they should have won that game. And, you know, Instead of having a six-game series against Memphis, you know, it could have been over in five. Yeah. And I think to close it out with Golden State, another thing to add in here is that I guess this is a thing for both teams, but talk of experience. You know, Golden State has been here. They This is the sixth yeah. time that they've reached the finals in eight years. In eight years. Yeah, so it's – yeah, like they, they've been there, done it. And uh, – you know, I so talked to one of our co-workers today. I was saying, like, uh, it was an a ESPN analyst yesterday. I was, I was watching uh, the Get Up or whatever, and uh, uh, I forgot his name. He was uh, arguing with, I think it was Shanae Ogumake, and uh, another ESPN analyst, another female ESPN analyst. Well, I, I, I want to say arguing, but he was saying the point. He was like, uh, do you put Steph Curry in the same tier as LeBron if you know if he if he can win the Finals MVP or another ring this year? He would he would have four rings like LeBron mm-hmm. in lesser amount of time, and he's dominating his conference. You know, like like we say, you know that they were saying, you know, LeBron dominated the East for so long. He went to eight straight, nine straight Finals, ten straight Finals. Am I am I right? Yeah. You know, but like Steph don't went to, uh, you know, like. He, he's pretty dumb to go to six finals in eight years. <laughs> yeah. Count? I think that's that's impressive. And it's all with one team. And he's at the same amount of rings almost. Oh, fewer, you know, fewer championship appearances. Like, so, yes, he's definitely in that tier with LeBron. Yeah. That, as far as like, having a great team built around him, you, you, you know, like, it it just goes, man. It's 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 to me. I appreciate seeing it though. You know, I have my bias, my biasness is against LeBron and stuff. Like, you know, they feel like we should appreciate players. I appreciate the players for what they for. He, you know, he'll never, you know, he'll never be the goat. But I still appreciate him. Like, I I don't hate him. You know, but like, yeah, I understand and appreciate what he's doing. But what what Steph Curry's doing, you should be really be able to appreciate that. Because he literally was a generational talent. He, he changed the game. Yeah. That's why it's so perimeter-oriented now. Yeah. The, you know, bring up an example. You know, I, it's been a while since I've been, but, you know, when we went to the rec center, when you know, what you see a lot of people do, try to be Steph Curry and pull up threes, you know. that uh, deep, deep threes, just, just like – like I say, when you watch Rick games, guys not even taking mid-range shots, none of that. It's just all threes. Yeah. Or if it's a layup. 
Like they they don't even you don't even see people that have you know go to in between games, which is why I say I enjoy you know I enjoy like the Kawhi the DeRozan they don't have to shoot the three they go to in between games that's that in my opinion it's, you know it's still it's still fun to see that like I appreciate seeing the great mid range game. It just Steph Curry Steph Curry and Dane Lillard especially Steph they just shoot you know they shoot the shots like man. And they making them, you know, it's just wild because they making them. Look at those shots, man. Yeah. Those are not regular <laughs> shots. Even though more players today are attempting super deep threes and stuff like that on the regular now. But those guys, you know, it's just, it just exciting. It's still, you know, it's exciting when those guys are shooting the ball the way they do. Especially still. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, Golden State, they've been here before. They've done this. Um, this was a crazy, crazy stat I found. So, Golden State they have 123 games of finals experience. The Celtics yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they are when it comes to finals, they are battle tested. <laughs> <laughs> and it was crazy to find out like this was only the third time in finals history that's happened. And it's been a while since that's happened. It's been since 97 with the Bulls and the Jazz back then. Yeah. And yeah, you're right about that. Man, that's, that's, wow. Yeah, I think if I remember right, the Bulls only had a few more games up on Golden State as far as experience. But, I mean, if you want to talk about experience and battle tested, Golden State has it, and they also got a lot of new guys that are going to get battle tested by being here. Guys like Poole, guys no. like Wiggins. See, but, but that's the thing about Golden State, you know, like they know they know how to. That organization knows how to draft and build around Steph Curry and Clay, so they keep the ball rolling and they just let guys develop. They don't trade away all their talent, which is why I say the the thing back with LeBron, he'll go to teams. Sure, you're gonna be in win now mode. You might even get a championship, but that probably be the only one you get because he trades away all the young talent, all your draft picks, and the organizations are left with nothing but the one ring that he gets you, and then he leaves you high and dry. <laughs> so you're back in rebuild mode for extra amount of years. I can say the Cavs did pretty good, you know, rebuilding after he left. Andrews derailed them this year; they would have been in the playoffs. Oh, they were actually a great top team. Oh yeah, it's still gonna be a great team, you know, next next season. But but back back to the point is so land land players develop and just land talent build around. I think it's funny that people were saying Golden State, you know, it's over with the dynasty is over. They wouldn't get back, you know, because Clay was hurt. He just missed two years. You know, it's like how is he gonna come back? I was like, but in that time, they let their young players develop, and they they you know they were kind of bad, so they got high loud Larry. They got like three top lottery picks in like the last three years. When you think about it, with yeah. you know John Poole, Kuminga, uh, and and James Wiseman. I think Kuminga was like the seventh pick. Yeah, James Wiseman was a second pick, <laughs> and Poole was a pretty. Uh, 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 I think I think John Poole was a lottery pick. I want to say he was, but you know, like they drafted they drafted guys for the future. They're still gonna be able to build with Golden State, but right now they. Like you said, they're getting battle tested early on. They already gonna know how to win, and these guys are young right now. You know, they're not even no twenty five yet. 
they got the perfect young players, you know, built around the guys that's been winning, the seasoned veterans that that know how to win. Mm-hmm. So like you gotta you gotta clap your hands to that industry. And oddly enough, go you know it used to be Golden State was super team. That's before KD, especially after they won seventy games. So when KD went there, super team overkill. But Golden State was you know it's like. Okay, you said they're super team, but the team was built not wrong, you know? Yeah. KD came there in free agency, you know? Like, he came there in free agency. Teams allowed to do that, but their star players were all drafted. You know, they were all drafted there and became what they became. So you can't be mad at that, which is why you shouldn't even appreciate this more. You know, that's which is why we should appreciate this, you know, this finals matchup more because... Both teams, the Celtics and Golden State, they didn't get there by super teams. You know, you say that first iteration of Celtics, you know, with KG, that iteration. Yeah. That's the super team, but the team that they got now was built through the draft. You know, drafts are good trades, but Jalen Brown and Tatum were, you know, they were drafted there. Yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark Smart was too. Yeah. You know, like, some of their three core guys, them right there were all drafted there, like, and might not be a super team unless you want to count them as a super team. I, I wouldn't count them as a super team, but, like, they're showing you that the super team era, you know, it's kind of dead. Like, you don't need super teams to win. But also got good organizations that can help build around players, and they drop their superstars, let them develop. That's all it is instead of trying to trade them away from win that mode or make super teams. It's just, like, you just got to appreciate, you got to appreciate the Celtics and the Warriors. Getting it done without building, you know, without so-called making or buying super teams. Yeah. It was all built. So you can't fault them for that. No, you can't. They're not even a super team right now. But I was like, have you ever truly saw, like, Golden State lose when when fully healthy? You could probably say the only time they lost was against LeBron, which, you know, in 2016 against the Cavs. It, It took everything in that series to go right. But other than that, we never saw them lose healthy. Mm-hmm. 2019, you know, KD had went down, and Clay Thompson only missed one game and got hurt in Game Six. But I say like those long times that they, you know, they lost, but every other time they were healthy championship. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Celtics, I guess let's make the switch yeah, over to I, them. I just say we've been on Golden State for about <laughs> some minutes, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah. So. so yeah so here we go celtics fans that are listening to this we're, we're getting ready to talk about your team um so let's kind of recap what the celtics have done so far first round they swept brooklyn and then in the east semis which was the upstairs once you saw how the series was going, it kind of wasn't. It's like, okay, they, they just Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no other way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Second round, facing the defending champs in the box. Took them seven games, but they but they surpassed them. Then the Eastern Conference Finals, playing the top seed at Miami Heat. That game, that series went seven games. And they came out on top in that, knocking off the Heat at Miami, and now here they are, in the in the NBA Finals. And Charles, they've had a 
interesting road here, I guess to say the least, as far as to what they've done this season. Of course, first-time head coach, Ime Adoka, former player. Things were getting off to a rough start, and there are, yeah. there are some trade rumors that were popping up. Yeah, yeah, it's even breaking up. Could they coexist together, you know? Yeah. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, which obviously you see the players play together, they can coexist together. And it seems to be working out fine. They just made a finals appearance, so I think they can coexist. Yeah, there it was tough sledding, and then they really kind of turned it around, and it was built on the hallmark of defense. And the Celtics yeah. were one of the best defensive teams, the best defensive team in the league as far as what they were doing, the type of defense they were playing. It was just hard-nosed, old-fashioned defense they were playing with a little bit of modern stuff. You know, they were switching everything, and they got players that can switch pretty much everything. And so that could be an advantage to them. But, I mean, Celtics, you got your two main core guys of Tatum and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, who... Which are are the superstars in the team. Yes. I I think it was a, a debate on if... Count Tatum and Jalen Brown, the superstars. Those guys are bona fide superstars. I say Tatum is the one and Brown is the two. But yeah, from what they've been accomplishing and the big games that they had, granted, the you know I can say inconsistency show up here and there, but they're still you know young and growing. Uh, uh, those guys are bona fide superstars for their teams. They're superstars in my in my opinion, in my eyes. Yeah. It. And then you got Horford, who's who's a veteran guy who's seen a lot of basketball, who's really popped off here recently. Yeah, I, I, I just listen to Cotto Rhino. Please don't do him like that. Don't say he's just a veteran guy. Horford is a winner. Uh, uh, he, and, you know, like, <laughs> you just, just debunk all that. You know, when you continue on with what all he's done and what he's been through. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horford is nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's, he's really – had a good run here these these last few weeks here in the playoffs and oh yeah for sure and you for know sure. it was I forget which broadcast it was but it was during this heat series where they brought up that year that Horford didn't play when he was traded to Oklahoma City and he didn't play at all and how that might have helped kind of kind of rejuvenate him taking a year off no wear and tear on his body because of that year comes in fresh, and I, I could see that as part, possibly being an aspect as to what you've seen out of Al here recently, is that he's he had time to rest his body up. He's one of the more older players on the Celtics team, and just seeing his impact that he's had here in, Mil- in the Milwaukee series and the Miami series. Big impact. Big impact, man. He was phenomenal. Like, like we said about uh, Kevon Looney for Golden State, Horford has been phenomenal. And, I mean, and he does a lot of things for the for the Celtics team on both ends. And definitely, definitely, you got that right, both ends. But but then you got some of the you got some young guys out here that are contributing, or maybe I don't I don't know if I can call them young guys. Um, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Derek White. Uh, Peyton yeah. Pritchard, I mean, and, and Derek White, you know, oddly enough, some people are surprised by what what he's doing in the game he played, but he played in the Spurs system for Pop, 
a few seasons, you know, before he before he was traded to uh, to my, uh, Boston. So he he, he, was, he was he came into a you know a great system under a great coach. So he knows how to play winning basketball. Yes. And now he gets the time to shine with a, a great team, a really great team. Like you mentioned, the Spurs system. Udoka, uh, I mean, Udoka comes from that Spurs system, and Derek White, like you said, came from that Spurs system. So he knows what that system can do for as, as far as player development. Yes. So Derek White was acquired midseason and has been a pretty good addition for the Celtics team, getting another guy coming off the bench. And occasionally he's had his games where he's popped off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing is in these last two games, I was looking at, you know, his three-point stats and as far as him shooting and, like, he was 6 of 10 in these last two games shooting from three. And so that's a thing to watch out for. Could could that hot streak carry on into this Golden State series to where that could be big time for him? Get another shooter out there on the floor for the Celtics and help spread the floor a little bit. To where maybe your big time guys in Jalen Brown and Tatum can, if they want to, go and drive the paint. And if there's nothing there, kick out to him if he's open and trust him to make the shot. So that'd be, like I said, he's a winner. He's played, he's been in that Spurs system. And so he knows what winning basketball looks like. And, uh, you know, he's going to play a big role. Um, Robert Williams, the Time Lord. He's been banged up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell you what, Charles. That's a that's a great nickname uh, to have for a uh, the, the Bang Lord. <laughs> he he's been uh as far he's been probably the the big anchor for this Celtics defense because it allows them to do a whole lot of things on that side of the ball to where he can just go and hunt shots he can if he sees somebody coming to the paint goes and hunt shots yeah like rim protector capital r and a capital p (laughs) (laughs) and that's i mean he's one of the best at it in in this league and you could i think if you watch golden state's previous series the only series i think they had any real trouble with getting to the rim and being worried about that, uh, getting their shot blocked, was that Memphis series when you, you got Triple J yeah. in the paint. You got Steven Adams down there. With the Dallas series, you didn't really have to be worried about anyone because Dwight Powell, Maxi Cleaver, that they're, they're not rim protectors. And so Golden State could get a lot of shots at the rim. This one is yeah, going to be but, tough. I mean, but, you know, they, their offense just isn't, you know, we, it's, we're wild by the threes. That's another thing with, with, with them to that point. Mm-hmm. They're going to get, within that offense, they're going to get easy layups at the rim. Like, we, we know about the shot blocking, you know, going with, you know, going into it with, with you know, Boston between Horford and Horford and, and, and Williams. But, but you know, like, their, their offense gets them easy shots. 
even if you you know running them, trying to run them out the three point line, they're 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 gonna have some, a lot of back cuts. They're gonna get back cuts. You know, they're gonna get layups in between there. I understand the rim protection, but they're they're gonna get layups. You know, they're they're gonna get the easy punk, the easy buckets, the gimmies. Yeah, they they definitely are. It, it, it's but you know having a guy that can affect shots like Williams, that's yeah. gonna be. That's big it's time. Be, it's still gonna be huge. It's still big time. Um, and you know, going back to Horford, a guy that's seen a, a lot of things. A, I mean, you could do worse than Al Horford and Robert Williams as your front court. Yeah, for sure. And then Grant Williams. I mean, he's another guy that's you know, yeah. as a as as a Tennessee and, and turned into a, a phenomenal shooter. Oh yeah, he's really shot the ball well here. One, one of the big reasons they beat the Bucks was because of his, you know, because of his shooting. Yeah, it, I mean, he's he shot the ball well. He, I remember he guarded Giannis at times in that series. I mean, they relied on him a lot in that series, and is a guy that you know if they want to play small ball, they can put him as a small ball center. They can roll out, you know, Marcus Smart. Derek White, Brown, Tatum, and him. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's had a really big impact on this uh, on the Celtics team in this postseason. And listen, I'm happy for him, given he's a former Tennessee Vols, so I got to give him that kind of shout-out right there. Um, <laughs> it's just yeah. – it's a, it's nice to see a former Vol had this type of impact on a, on a team that's made this type of run. Um, it is. You know, you just – you just be so appreciative and, and you know, happy for these guys to skin to shine like this. You know, and, and it just goes to show, like, certain teams, y'all passed on these guys for who? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, y'all passed on these guys? Y'all could have had this guy? You know, it's just it's tough. <laughs> yeah, and so I think besides the main two of Brown and Tatum, you know, those impact players for the Celtics are going to be those other guys. Is guys like both Robert and Grant Williams, guys like Derek White um, that are going to be starting and coming off the bench and playing impactful minutes. So the Celtics, despite having no experience, again, they have zero finals experience. Although, if you remember, Brown and Tatum were in the East Finals early on in their careers and Horford has had a lot of experience in the East Finals as well. So, yeah, a lot of experience. A I, lot of experience. I know Eastern Conference Finals experience is different compared to NBA Finals experience, but when you get into the playoffs that deep really early on in your career and it happens multiple times, you can't count that out. It's, uh, it's big time for players like Brown, like Tatum, who got – a taste of that success really early on. Like, hey, we want to go back to this point and we want to reach yeah. the ultimate goal. Re- yeah, yeah, that revisit it. And, I mean, like now, they're not the two young guys uh, on that team anymore. They're the two uh, big-time star players that are that are leading this team. So, I mean, like I say, they're still young in NBA terms, but, but but like you said, they're not the young guys no more because they got to get all this experience. You know, 
they came in making the playoffs. Jalen Brown was making the playoffs with the Celtics with Isaiah Thomas. You know, so like he 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 got the success early on. Tatum came right in the floors with it. Yeah, you can't count it out. But um, I, I think one thing to look out for the Celtics probably is you know despite them having a lot of experience early on is. If you notice Tatum and Brown, they've they've kind of turned over the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, like I was looking at the stats of like Tatum has like seventy seven turnovers in eight in eighteen playoff games, and like that's wild. And that is wild. And I think him and Jalen Brown are averaging the combined seven plus turnovers per game. So, out of your two star players, especially against a team like Golden State. I, it's gonna be tough to have that out there and yeah. for you to succeed. And we saw how that how well that works out because like the hero ball just don't it works to a certain extent, but you can't win on the hero ball alone in the iso ball. Right. Um, you know, I know that from experience with my Thunder, my KD and Westbrook, more so to speak. But the same thing how Celtics play, they are gonna have some iso with Jalen Brown and Tatum. But you can't just you're not gonna just win out them on ISO ball alone. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You got to you got move that ball around. Not be be don't need you don't need to be carefree with the ball. Keep it safe because Golden State they going back to experience they got a lot of it and they know how to capitalize on those type of turnovers. I mean, if. You, if you think about one thing between these two teams is that if Celtics turn the ball over, Golden State is a team that can thrive out in transition, and it can uh, really they, they, will, they, they will more than likely do thrive. They yeah, definitely thrive. Yeah, Boston has to take care of the ball, so, you know, to have a chance. Because if you look at the, some of the series, the stuff that they were getting away with, you know, you're endless. You're not just gonna be able to get away with that against Golden State. No. Uh, like, like they're just not. Yeah. You, you know, I was going to ask you, interestingly enough, as far as matchups go, what do you, you think the defensive tactics are going to be like? I, I figured Marcus Smart probably going to be the primary guard, you know, primary uh, defender on Stephon Curry. I feel like. But... I'm just trying to figure out. Do you want what you really want? Your best defender chasing carry around screens all day. It'd probably be the same with you know when Jordan Poole comes in. Yeah. And Tatum is a Tatum an okay defender. He's not shut down. He'll, he'll play decent defense. You say play great defense, okay, D. But you know Tatum is. I say yeah, he's a decent defender. Jalen Brown is. You know he's a great defender. You know. Yeah. You know he's known for defense. His offense like really picked up for him compared to his earlier years but it's kind of like pick your poison with Golden State you really want your perimeter guys who are also some of your best scorers between Tatum and Brown you really want them chasing our screens all day with Klay Thompson and stuff I say that's going to wear you out because we've just seen it been done to death for all these years like it's, it's just tiring how much stress that they put on you know they put on you I was like Mark Smart going to be tired you know like on offense you can't have him trying to run around screens all day where there's going to be, you know, going out to Clay, Steph, Jordan Poole. 
because those guys ain't just gonna play one on one with you. It's always, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's always a, a well-oiled machine of offensive motion and movement. Hence, why I'm saying they're gonna keep getting the layups, you know, because of the back, the back is just a off-ball movement. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> I feel like there's gonna stay style of play wears you down no matter who you are, you know. And I, I that's why I'm saying I, I still think. It's going to have a wear, wear and tear effect on, you know, Boston more than it would for Golden State. And then on the other end, I was looking at, you know, they're talking about how Boston defense, you know, they can switch everything. But Golden State can switch a lot of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Especially when they throw different, like, Jason Tatum and Brown going to see so many combinations of defenders. And Gary Payne is, you know, Gary Payne to me is like the, I would say he's, quote, unquote, the best defender Oh, you know I'm going to stay, you know, second to, you know, to Wiggins, and then you'll look at Draymond and Clay. but yeah. Gary Payne giving you, giving you defense. Otto Porter, you know, like, and, you know, they're talking about how Boston is so tall. You know, they, they were so tall compared to Miami playing small ball and stuff. But Golden State has some pretty long athletic wings as well. With, like I said, with Kuminga, who's a great defender. Otto Porter, good, good decent defender. Gary Payne, a great defender. Draymond, a great defender. You know, they can switch long guys, long wingspans, you know. I just feel like they had a defenders that definitely, you know, you'll be looking at trying to slow carry and play down especially, but Golden State has defenders to throw and definitely, you know, slow Jalen Brown and Tatum down. And one thing about Tatum and Jalen Brown is, you know, they, they, they kind of struggle. They had some good games, but they struggle against, you know, athletic defenders that, you know, they can they – can, Bulk up and, you know, defend them as far as, like, Jimmy Butler. He had them, you know, a couple games where you could look at Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown shooting bad in that series. Yeah. Miami had a couple guys that, you know, that throw, throw at them and make them work. Yeah, the, the, the matchups are going to be interesting. You know, the Marcus Smart on Steph, I think they're going to try it out. I think they're definitely going to try to see how it goes, but... Smart is somebody that isn't a hundred percent healthy. He hasn't been. Yeah, and you don't want smart like Jason Curry no. play around off screens. But like I was like, and then you want your best scores to be chasing these guys to all game. They gonna get tired because you know we if you played any organized ball, it's gonna you know it's gonna wear on you. You know. Yeah. That's why you gotta be in shape anyways, but. I just feel like that 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 that's a big factor too. Is how much wear and tear is gonna you know take on Tatum and Brown having to exert so much energy on defense, and they have to exert so much on offense. Yeah, uh, the good thing for the Celtics though is that if you look at the schedule, there's two days in between games, so yeah, that. So- that that helps. I think that it's that way. Besides games three and four, I think there's only a day between those games. But other than that, you got two days of rest in between games. That's big time for guys like Robert Williams and for Smart that have been banged up and that need that. Yeah, recuperate. And you know, and, then, and this this week that they got, you know, almost that they had off before even starting the finals too was was big time. Especially partially for the Celtics, you know, it's, it's big time. They, they got that little bit of rest since, you know, since Sunday. So three days off before they actually start the finals. 
Yeah, that's that's big time for them. To, to... Look, look, we 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 talking about that. Golden State been off over a week. <laughs> yeah, because they already they finished Luca them and like the guys that got hurt, like you know, Otto Porter got you know kind of injured or banged up, but he had a whole week and then some to recuperate. Gary Payne is, you know, he he basically been chilling. They already said he was coming back. Definitely by the finals, he should, he should be playing in the finals early on, maybe. Yeah. You know, but like Memphis was like what uh, last month he had, a, he had he's had like a what what would you say about a good four or five weeks. Yeah. Maybe. But not playing any ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, so it's like he come back and plug right in, still on like Iguodala getting the you know come in healthy and play. I mean, like <laughs> it worst one is when you handle business and able to sit out and know get that extra rest it's just the most the, the common thing though is you know teams to get the longer rest they usually come in and probably get blown out their first game in the series you know they had so many you know so many days out they were like yeah it's just you know that's just normal so i think game one gonna be pretty pretty interesting and, and, and intriguing you know boston coming off a longer series they probably gonna be still gunning maybe hot you know yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like like I say, this would be a fun, intriguing game one. Yeah. I the mean matchups are just the most intriguing thing that we got to look forward to. I mean the Warriors are I, I think they're undefeated so far at home in this postseason. I think they're nine and oh. And so really? they haven't lost at home. No, they they haven't lost at home this entire postseason, so yep, you you know what, you're right. They went up three one on Denver. Yeah. And they didn't lose a home game against Memphis, and they didn't lose one against Dallas. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, this game one is definitely going to be interesting, and that's a good point. Golden, Golden State, a week off, he, there might be some concern about having that long of a layoff. But then again, they've been here before; they've had experience. Yeah. But you do yeah. make a good point that Boston, you know. They're still, they still might be gunning to to get out to a hot start. And if you look at the stats in the postseason, when normally when they've gone off to hot starts, it's usually panned out well for them. But there have been times where they kind of been lackadaisical. They let teams get back into it. And with Golden State, you just can't let that happen because if you let a team like Golden State come back, before you know it, you know, You'll be on the other end of a twenty-point blowout. Yeah, we've seen it done so many times before. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, I feel, of course, say that I think Boston is definitely not to be on the, you know, their P's and Q's to beat Golden State. Yeah, and I say if, if Tatum and you know if Tatum and Brown can go bunkers, just like you know LeBron and Kyrie got a chance to do. You know, if they just go up and they beat them, you know, you you, t- you tilt your hats to it because you know that's just gonna be an amazing showcase. But I uh, and I feel like if they lose to Golden State, it's gonna be an even bigger, you know, a bigger learning curve because they made it. They made it to the top. They made it to the one spot you can go to. You know, it just now would be winning the championship. So they know they got two guys that can get them there, and continue to build around. But I think if they lose, that be more experience and stuff because you know. 
a lot of NBA players say, you know, after they lose the finals or whatever, it's, you know, it like molds them. They want to get back and they want to win it. Yeah. Yeah, the, this would be big time experience even if they do lose uh, for Brown and Tatum because, like you said, it would be two guys. You've got your two guys that know that can get you there, that can get you to the finals. It's just overcoming that hump and actually winning the thing and trying to find the right pieces to build around those two and trying to get over that hump. But, uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a really fun game one and really fun series and just seeing the matchups. What's Kerr going to throw out there? What's Udoka going to throw out there? You know, it's truly, going back to the top, you know, despite these two teams being the best two teams in defensive efficiency and defensive rating, it's a team that has a really good offense against a team that has a really good defense. And those are the fun types of battles that you see. Is like, which one will overcome? Is it going to be, the stellar offense, or is it going to be the stellar defense? And both these teams, you know, they've got great defenses. And, you know, Boston, even though despite some the turnover stuff and even if Tatum and Brown are having off nights, their offense can still be really, really good considering the type of firepower that Brown and Tatum bring to the table. But this is going to be a, a really fun matchup between these two teams with Boston. I just saw, you know, that guy on Sports Center right now that if Boston wins this, they'll uh, they'll break the tie with the Lakers that they have and this would be yeah, title yeah. eighteen. The Lakers fans are, you know, they room, please go on state. <laughs> they switched that to Oakland fan. Please go on state do this. <laughs> yeah, they, they they still want to keep that tie intact. So this should be uh this should be a fun one. Uh I guess, you know, Charles, let's make some predictions right now. Who do you got coming out on top of this series? Uh, I'm going to pick who I went with when I started. They were healthy, you know, going to the playoffs. I felt going to stay, the, you know, in another, you know, towards the end of the year, as long as they get healthy with Clay Thompson coming back, I had them. I'm still going to stick to it. I, I, I got going to stay in six. I say Golden State in six. Most consensus is like, you know, Golden State in seven or six, but I'm going to say Golden State in six. You know, the the weird thing about it is that if if you've seen the ESPN predictor, it's like it's been highly in favor of the Celtics. It wasn't like 84 to 16 as far as, you know, them predicting the Celtics to win. So it's kind of... It's kind of wild right there, but I think I'm going to I'm going to stick with you, and I'm going to pick Golden State as well. I'm going to be in the Golden State in seven crowd. I feel like I think Golden State is going to get one at Boston, and Boston's going to get one at Golden State. But I think it's going to be either this game and the game one, or it's going to be game two. I feel like if it goes down, if it goes to seven. Game five and game seven, I feel like Golden State being here before, they're going to take care of business on their home court and would win those two games if it comes down to game seven. Um, And so I think each team, they split home court. And then from then on, it's like, who knows what happens? But 
I, uh, I'm going to go with Golden State here. I got Golden State winning in seven. Do you think Steph finally gets his finals MVP this time? I do, unless, you know, Clay close Parker for the series or one of the X factors, you know, shows out the drawing pool. Andrew Wiggins, because, you know, they're, they're liable to, you know, explode for games, too. And we know Clay can explode. So, <laughs> long Steph is like the, the dominant scorer that we know he is and can be. And, you know, you know, stat, you know, people say he chokes in the finals, so he just doesn't play as good in the finals as he does in the regular season, which is like a myth. Long Steph, Steph plays like Steph. He, sh- he definitely, and they win, he should definitely win finals MVP. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of thinking this is his time, and you know, you speaking of Clay, I think for Boston's sake, they they better hope this thing doesn't get to Game Six at least, because Game Six Clay's going to come back out. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we saw Game Five Clay last series, so uh, Game Five and Six Boston better have at least one or two on the board. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Clay is Clay is an animal, especially when. He so far. <laughs> Game six, Clay is one of the most terrifying things I think teams are worried about. He's a legend. A, a legend. <laughs> you know, he's, he's even compared to the GOAT, Michael Jordan. But, you know, that's another discussion. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that. Yeah, Game six, Clay is a, is a different type of animal compared to regular Clay, who's still freaking awesome. It's just like Game six, Clay is just. It's just like otherworldly at times. So if you're Boston, if it gets to Game Six and Game Seven, uh, I'd be a little bit worried and keep an eye on him. But yeah, I mean Clay has a chance to potentially go off, and I think for Golden State fans and I think for a lot of NBA fans, it would be they would really they they would like to see Clay win it, considering the last two years that he's had with them battling through these injuries. For him to come back and him to do and win Finals MVP would be something special, but I think I'm with you. I think this is Steph's year. If Golden State wins it, I think Steph is gonna get it. Um, now if Boston wins it, who, if Boston wins it, who, who do you think gets MVP? It's gonna be between Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're two top superstars. I think I might lean towards Tatum. Yeah, because yeah, Tatum is the, the top option. He's 1A, and Jalen Brown is 1B, obviously. But yeah. More than likely, it would probably be Tatum. Yeah, and I think uh, last thing before we go here, Charles, I saw some on Facebook, you know, we got a couple of uh, we got a couple local guys playing in, in the series, as far as Missouri is concerned, with Otto Porter yeah. Jr., Tatum. You know, it's good to see a couple guys from Missouri thriving out here. So, you know, that's another thing that makes me happy. Someone from the state we're in or close to us, you know, they actually get a chance to play for them, play for the, for not only a, not only a championship, but bragging rights and then a big paycheck, a big payday. <laughs> yep. So on ESPN right now, it says, as close to defender versus Jason Tatum, notable Warriors this season, like Tatum against Jonathan Kaminga, 0-5. Andrew Wiggins, he's one seven. Yeah. So they give Jason Tatum some trouble. Yes, yeah, so I'm wondering. What, I'm curious to see how Jalen Brown uh, matches up against you know two of two of Golden State's top defenders. 
Yeah, I, you know, you look at that stat, you, you, we might get some Kaminga minutes in that case, you know. And so. Kaminga's 6'6", six, 6'8". Six, he might be 6'8", or 6'9". I think he's 6'8", though. But strong, athletic, uber-athletic. Yeah. Great defender. Gets out there. Wiggins, uber-athletic, great defender. You know, like, it's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to see. It's, it's, we're going to see. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to see, you know, game one. On Thursday night, tipping everything off. It should be a fun, exciting series. Yes. Can't wait for tomorrow night. So, Charles, this was fun. We're going to be in for some exciting basketball, hopefully, these next couple weeks. So, uh, this was fun. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about everything with the finals as we get definitely into it and wrap everything up. So, uh, so this was fun. Good finals preview, and uh, let's hope we got some good games, my guy. Let's hope we get some. <laughs> so uh, that'll do it for this views from the five seven three pod. Everybody, thank you guys for tuning in. As uh, as we just said, we'll be we'll be looking at some of the final stuff going on throughout the days. Again, we got a couple days in between games besides games three and four, so keep that in mind. So this should be a, a fun week or so with both these teams and talking about these games. So until next week, this is Ryan McDaniel. Thanks again to Charles for joining me. So until next week, we'll talk to you next time.